0: I would say I buy, on average, and this will floor folks because of how much I talk about it. Um, on average, I I buy one, one latte a day. So maybe one point two five because there are days where I go and have two. Um, seven eight bucks. a year, maybe. (laughs) Nice. Welcome to the Matt Report, the number one WordPress business podcast. This isn't Geek Speak. It's about the journey of success and failure as a WordPress entrepreneur. Get ready. You're just an episode away from your next aha experience or big idea. And now your host, Matt.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to The Matt Report, episode 54. If this is your first time uh, tuning into The Matt Report, what the heck uh, have you been doing? This is the number one WordPress business podcast on the web, and what I do is I invite folks who run other successful WordPress businesses, sometimes they're just starting out, uh, and they share their story with us so that we can learn how to build our WordPress business just a little bit better, and learn from sort of their success, and more importantly, some of their failures that they've had uh, over the years. Mattreport.com, Mattreport.com/slash-subscribe. Join the mailing list. Um, loving the five-star reviews that I'm getting over on iTunes. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd I'd really appreciate it uh, if you left me one. The, the sort of the latest comes from uh, Tiny Now. If you work on the web, especially in WordPress, this is a great podcast. Matt guides the conversation towards topics that you can actually derive uh, some action steps and wisdom from. So Tiny Now. Thanks for that five-star review, and, and thanks any any to anybody else uh, who's edding, heading over there now to leave me five stars. This is an amazing episode today. I have uh, Brian Gardner of Studio Press, also known as Copyblogger, also known as Genesis, also known as the most powerful WordPress framework uh, on the face of the earth, and uh, he joins us today to talk about his business, and, and even more importantly, how he stays on track as sort of the uh, entrepreneur who kind of stumbled upon this sort of success this wasn't something he sort of set out to do he didn't you know he wasn't like starting a theme shop one day and be like you know what i'm gonna have the largest theme shop on planet. I'm going to employ over 30 folks and uh, sort of merge with a marketing powerhouse. This is something that sort of happened over time, and he's going to share his story of how he keeps that all on track, dealing with people, dealing with growing product, uh, and how wh- what inspires him to keep designing day-to-day. For those of you that follow Brian, you know that this guy is constantly changing his theme on his site and, and constantly um, coming up with new themes. and It's great to see, um, and we're going to find out how he does that. If you tuned in to episode 53, you know that uh, I'm kind of g- ramping up for a Matt Report Pro version. Don't know what it's what it's going to entail yet. Uh, something uh, with some very good value, some some good substance, and some depth interaction community-based uh membership stuff Uh, stuff is still yet to be defined so i'd love to hear sort of your uh your advice on on what you would pay for uh on a matt report pro um you know we are all used to these internet marketers out there and and i know this is one piece of the puzzle uh as to why i started this podcast and it's not going to be your typical you know, buy my, buy my ebook, or you know, sign up for twelve step videos to uh, massive success. Uh, I I want to connect folks. I want to bring uh, some really good value, particularly uh, in the WordPress space. Because this is what the show is all about. It's not uh, just like these other internet marketers out there who are looking at WordPress as some kind of free uh, throwaway tool. Uh, you should know by now, if you're if you've been listening for at least the last few episodes, that that we all take WordPress serious uh, because it helps put food on the table, and uh, I want to help um, bring that experience up a little bit more for you. So stay tuned for that, and uh, you know, love a five star review, and join the mailing list mattreport.com/slash subscribe, and you'll know when that uh, all is ready to come out Uh, without further ado let's talk to brian gardner hey everybody back with another awesome Matt report and i am finally finally sitting down with one of the folks who you know i have revered throughout my wordpress career ever since we i saw brian on mixer g which is i don't even know how many years ago you were on that show brian um but brian gardner chief product officer copy blogger founder of studio press brian welcome to the program
0: Hey Matt, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being gracious enough after me punting you for weeks and weeks and weeks and trying to <laughs> find a time to just sit down and do it. So I'm I'm very happy to be on the show finally. Yeah,
1: I mean, I, honestly, you should have been you should have been my first target for the Matt Report, and it shouldn't have been Brian Clark. I don't know why I put him in front of you, um, but uh, I, I, I do apologize for that. Uh, yeah, we won't, and, and we won't let making, him hear that part. Making the the making. What maybe the the not trifecta because now that you you're the fourth, but I had Brian, I had Rafal, Andrew ah. Rennick uh, on the show, so completing uh, the full circle of Copyblogger Studio Press. So tremendous to finally sit down with you. Um, let's talk about why you decided uh, to do WordPress themes. I don't want to spend too much time because I'm I'm assuming a lot of folks have already heard this, but what got you into doing WordPress themes and how did that spark Studio Press?
0: Yeah, the the full story behind that you can, uh, for those listening, can can you know Google Brian Gardner Mixer G Andrew Warner and I should probably come up. Uh, that's kind of the full story behind, you know, the the quote unquote revolution of of my business and WordPress themes and all that. Uh, the the short story is um, six seven eight years ago, however long it's been. I was bored at work, I started blogging, someone said WordPress, I went inside, didn't like the theme, started playing with it, Uh, thought it might be fun to get a name out, threw up some free themes, people downloaded them, they came back to me and asked if they could pay me to customize them, I started moonlighting, then I created a theme for a real estate agent that was more webby, website looking than bloggy, and he didn't need that much of a, a, a shift, So he rejected it. I designed something. He became happy. I took that theme and asked if anybody would buy it. Sold $10,000 the first month, 20 the second, 40 the third. Told my wife I need to quit. She obliged. (laughs) Three months later, she quit. Studio press formed. Um, Fast forward a couple years, Brian Clark called, uh, merged with Copy Blogger, and here we are.
1: Tremendous. All that said, and all that time passed, the loaded question is can that same thing happen today? Can a young WordPress entrepreneur walk out of his day job and start a theme shop uh, and scale it to the growth that you have?
0: Uh, in, in a quick sentence, I say no. Uh, to elaborate, the theme shop person needs to start the theme shop before they walk out on their day job. Because uh, if, if there's going to be any degree of success, it needs to be built over time So much has changed um, since I started five, six, seven years ago. Um, Quite honestly, um, and and this is kind of the answer I usually give when people, you know, talk about the success and all that is that it it wasn't necessarily that I was good or great at what I was doing is that I I was one of the first, if not the first to be there. And and from there, um, you know, things just went so. If anything, if you're listening, uh, the the take-home message might not necessarily be anything that goes forward here, but is don't necessarily follow the market, be the first to the market. Because um, that's for me, yeah, it, it, for me, it was an opportunity. No one was there. I started it. Everyone jumped on board. And from there, everyone just kind of, you know, started doing things. I, you know, in terms of answering your question, I really don't know if, um, I mean, a lot of people start, I mean, there's hundreds or even thousands of, you know, individual designers or developers selling themes through Theme Forest or this or that, you know, is it a full-time job selling themes? Um, it can be. Uh, I think right now in order to break through and be really, really successful, you need to, you know, align yourself strategically with with people, you know, power players, blogger types that everyone knows that might help, you know, kind of catapult you in, in front of, you um, the the major market. Otherwise, you know, you're just one of hundreds or thousands of just theme guys. And, you know, I, I think today's a much different game than it was seven years ago.
1: Tremendous. What do you think the, uh, you know, what what is that beef instead of trying to be first um, or doing something differently? I mean, is it, does it boil down to a simply like, hey, be the best uh, you know, a theme shop that serves bakeries or cupcake people. <laughs> is it—is it something as simple as that? Or is it, you know what, Matt, this this market's so saturated, you really have to be a juggernaut uh, to really uh, succeed in this. Um, is there some kind of throwaway secret sauce that you can share with folks that maybe copy bloggers not uh, going to go after?
0: <laughs> you, you see, here's the thing, you know, and I'll use a quick analogy before I answer the question. Um, some of our best design themes um are the ones that sell the least and some of our themes that are the the worst design themes at least in my opinion sell the most and what that tells me is that not always is the best on top it's where the opportunity is, is it's where the audience or the market is so in other words you know i may design some frilly doily beautiful looking you know women's theme but if no one's there to buy it it's not going to do anything now the the corporate slash enterprise market um that's where a ton of our audience is, and and there's more opportunity. So, kind of where I'm going with that answer is, um, you may be the best designer in the world, but if if and you may create the best looking WordPress theme, but if there's no one to see it, and you you know there's no traction you can put behind it, you know it's going nowhere. Now, uh, one um, in terms of the juggernaut kind of theory, you know, and, and, I'll pitch this just in concept, then say, you got to do it on Genesis. Um, nowadays with the market kind of already established, what, what's, you know, my suggestion to kind of the, the struggling designer or the designer in waiting or whatever is instead of trying to recreate the wheel and do your own thing and, and create something that most likely gets lost in the shuffle is if you're a smaller fish swim with the bigger fish. as an example, um, you know, lots of people are building child themes now, you know, they go on top of Genesis and you know, they're, they're great little theme shops like Themity um, and Abfinet are, are coming up and they, they sell themes specifically built for, um, for Genesis and, and there's a far greater audience because we are already out in front of that audience and all we have to do is tweet or send a link or you know, mention something in an email saying, hey, check out this. Uh, and that person has kind of an automatic marketing system in place. They just, you know, have to do their thing, which is develop their theme, support it, you know, and, and we love, absolutely love to promote other people's stuff, even if that means not buying um, our own at times. Mm. Um, it, like this coming um, next week, I think we're going to do a, a theme link showcase where we have a post where we, you know, spotlight five themes that are being sold in the community, um, not on Studio Press. And so, you know, th- there's just a good example you know of of building on top of another platform um with the built-in audience kind of helps get you ahead
1: true very true uh yeah I, and i've seen you tweet this out before or maybe it was a blog post about how you know you were you were amazed where you you did this design and the design didn't matter but then you changed the name and all of a sudden it started selling like and you're just scratching your head like man i just put you know hours upon hours on into this theme and and i just called it something else and now all of a sudden it's selling like wh- what's the deal right um, which makes me wonder who is the audience and, and, and maybe it's different for studio press but I, I'd imagine that the, the main audience are folks like you and I who are doing WordPress stuff and we're like okay we need to get a theme studio press or you know theme forest uh, you know that kind of thing or is it the real is it really the end user the real estate agent the business owner are they coming and knocking on the door who is it
0: um you know, it's kind of a, a diversity in, in in audience. I mean, there there's so many different types of audience. You know, for the most part, you know, we try to design. I try to design themes that are relatively kind of niche agnostic, and just design something that the, that the any person can go into. Um, 1140 is probably a good example of something like that or even the 169 theme it's not necessarily a theme that's designed for real estate agents or fashion models or whatever but you know for me it's always about designing something that anybody could envision themselves moving into um, you know a house is a good example you know it, when people want to go buy a house you know if you if you go into a very very um, customized and decorated for a very particular motif, you kind of instantly turn off some people by saying, "Well, I'm not exactly a fan of purple walls," and and so you know when you when you sell a house, typically you know neutrals and and bright colors, you know are aren't anything. I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain, but you know. And so anyway, with themes, that's sort of kind of the approach I take, which is you know sure we name them themes like executive and enterprise and corporate and stuff like that because at some point we have to pick a name. Mm-hmm. Um, but something like sixteen nine. Um, or 1140 you know there's a story behind it and and, and I find that people actually resonated um, with that 1140 was just kind of an afterthought theme that I had used on my own site and I I didn't even name it 1140 when I was using it And I'm like all right well I got to come up with a name what should I call it and I thought to myself "Eh, you know let's just not call it you know the blog theme or something kind of whatever you know let's call it something where people may actually wonder what it is what's the meaning behind it so 1140 was a perfect example. It stands for the the pixel width of the theme, uh, 1140 pixels wide, and uh, sixty is kind of the same thing. It's, there's almost like a mystery around it. So um, sometimes that can you know spark interest.
1: So that's an interesting point. Do you do you think that uh, do you think that these stories are are helping uh, sell the theme? And, and could that be a piece of advice to maybe the up and coming designer who maybe traveled the world and then all of a sudden was inspired uh, by traveling the world? To create this next theme, should they do a video, write a write a ebook, or or a book, or a journal of of their experiences building this theme? Is that something that's uh, that's a good tip?
0: Um, It could be. You know, I don't want to go overboard by saying, you know, call it you know some word that people can't even (laughs) pronounce. But I, I think in in a market of themes that are called corporate and and you know very generally. Used words. I, I think it's just it helps. I don't think it's necessarily what sells it or make it makes it successful. But um, you know, I think kind of stepping outside the box a bit from time to time is just generally a good business practice. Nice.
1: So where do you get the inspiration from for for all of these designs? I mean, you are probably most famously known, aside from Starbucks, about changing your website. Um, you know, maybe 18 to 20 times a year, something like that? Uh, Uh, I don't think it's that many, but... (laughs) Where where do you get your inspiration from? uh, And then how do you, uh, you know, how do you deploy that? I I see that you start with your own website and kind of start from there. Is that sort of the workflow?
0: Yeah, you know, I, I find myself online a lot at night and on the weekends, just kind of dumbing around, just trying to not do work, but... In essence, it all comes back to work because I'll, you know, read interesting blogs or visit CSS galleries and just kind of, you know, look at and see what's what's new out there in the, you know, the world and just different creative ways to display information and content. Knowing that with Genesis, pretty much anything is possible. And, and so, you know, typically what I'll, I'll do is, um, you know, after it's been a few weeks or a month or two on my own um, design, I usually have a tendency to get bored and I just tweeted. 10 minutes ago that the design natives are, are restless, which ultimately means that the next evening I have free, I'm gonna probably stumble across some site that just instantly gives me an idea or or something that I typically just run with. And then I'll evolve that on my own site, kind of see how the audience there responds. Um, you know, and, and nine times out of 10 themes that I use on my site, ultimately make their way um over to studio press 1140 being an example 16.9 metro um minimum and and of those four themes i think they make up the top six or seven uh of our most popular themes so usually that's kind of a built-in like a slam dunk theme (laughs) by the (laughs) time it gets there so Hmm.
1: um are you looking to any other uh theme designers out there uh that are, are doing things really well that that you're inspired by
0: you know, theme shops and theme designers, I generally try to avoid primarily because uh, I'm afraid I'm going to find something I like and then try to recreate it and, and be seen as a copycat. Um, and so I kind of purposely just, I, I know what people are, you know, building and designing, but I don't spend too much time because, you know, I don't want to get that uh, too inspired by um, mm. label, you know, so I, I typically try to avoid that. Um so R- Rafal, our, our lead designer, copy blogger, just came out with this new site design, which, of course, when I saw it, made me want to just close down my site and come up with something <laughs> new. Um, you know, but him and I chat a lot, um, as as I do with Lauren Mankey who's our new designer. Um, a few months ago, we hired her. Um, really, really good to have them around. We just kind of, you know, chat and drop links to sites of interesting things we see and kind of talk about, you know, how that might apply towards our audience and can we build a theme around an idea or concept? And, you know, typically we do.
1: Mm. Um, so, you know, the, the the person listening to this, they hear, um, you know, sort of, you know, a quick brief how you started. Everything was good. You were, you know, one of the early ones to the game, if not the first to the game to kind of really do this uh, theme shop as we know it today. Um, you know, so you most theme folks or theme designers out there you know, they're like that typical freelance kind of thing, spend their times at the Starbucks and, and kind of travel to WordCamp to WordCamp, and they're living a comfortable life. But, uh, you know, Brian Gardner is theme shop owner into chief product officer. What was that sort of process like? Like you go from somebody who is now, uh, you know, just making some themes to, wow, I have like this global company of over 20 employees Sort of what's that like uh, to kind of make that transition?
0: You know, it, it's been a, a good and bad thing. Not bad from from a business perspective, but just in terms of me and the struggles I've had, kind of because my role has changed significantly over the last three years when I merged with Copyblogger. I was, you know, running the show and made all of the decisions at Studio Press and, and anything I wanted to do, good or bad, um, I did. Uh, and it, it, they weren't always the best decisions and, you know and did I fail on a number of occasions with the number of decisions because there was no accountability or, or some other, you know, intelligence kind of to help keep me in check. Um, not so much, you know, so I've been very welcome to the fact that, you know, we, we are now a company of 40 ish individuals. There's five partners on our team, which means, you know, responsibilities and delegations now take place. Um, and, and so for me, there were elements of the business that I absolutely did not enjoy kind of the accounting parts of it, some of the support stuff, as much as I love to help people and and do things, you know, it's really difficult to support on top of develop. Um, you know, so there a lot of the things that I didn't like about what I was doing. I was able to, you know, offload onto, you know, other team members and, and other managers within our company. And, and that's been a, an absolutely uh, wonderful experience because what it's, kind of opened me up to do now you know which is kind of on a day-to-day basis you know I get to strategize I get to manage people um, and I still get to do a lot of design and, and writing um, on my blog which is a which has become a personal thing uh, as well as writing for studio press the studio press blog and and the documentation and, and kind of teaching people how to do things um, so right now it, it I'm thrilled to be where I'm at and I'm very um, excited about where we're going um and just where my what my role is within the company
1: <laughs> Uh do you think Studio Press as a um as Studio Press and Genesis uh as a, a framework as a theme as a product could it have scaled as big as it is now if you didn't merge uh or join up with Copyblogger and kind of forge that partnership uh, No, no a- to absolutely
0: now. not. Okay. Yeah, no, absolutely not. I, Nathan, I hired Nathan Rice before the copy blog emerged and we have a small support team uh, many of which are, are still with us right now um, but I think because of the fact that I have a tendency to be tunnel um, tunnel visioned at, at times um, I, I think I at some point and maybe I'm not giving myself enough credit here but at some point I would have stifled growth just because of kind of who I am and how I run things you know having um, you know a visionary like Brian Clark and the discernment to you know, do and not do things alongside um, some of my other partners, um, Sean, who's our accountant, Sonia, who's, uh, you know, one of our, our chief marketing content strategy, and, and Tony Clark, who's who I consider my brother from another mother. I mean, <laughs> him and I get along so well and think the same way, but he's so many times walked me off a cliff or, uh, or kept me from jumping from the cliff uh, yeah. just with things that I, ideas I wanted to run with and, you know. So, just kind of having a, a team of, of intelligent people and, and surrounding myself with, um, you know, if anything, a, a conscience, the bad devil, good devil thing, you know, one on each shoulder and saying, hey, that's a dumb idea. Don't do that. Um, it, it's just been really helpful. And obviously, the, the relationships that um, ultimately Studio Press and I have had that have, you know, resulted from, you know, the association with Copy and Brian Clark, um, you know, certainly would not have occurred if they were, you know, if I was still on my own. So, um, and those speak volumes, you know?
1: Yeah. You know, what what I see when I look over the WordPress entrepreneur landscape is tremendous. I see tremendous opportunity with all of these sort of, uh, what I'll call freelance product developers, right? There's, there's folks out there doing great themes, great plugins, great services, and, if they kind of walk the path of, of partnering up like you did, uh, with Copyblogger, the things could be greater, but I'm sure there's, well, there's many factors at play, but one of them is probably, probably fear. Did you have a fear when you, when you were kind of signing on the dotted line? Like, will this really work? Uh, you know, was there any fear or were you just like gung ho and say, this is going to be great.
0: I wouldn't say it was fear. Um. if, if anything, um, and, and I've admitted this and will still admit this to my partner team, if anything, the fear was not signing on. Um, you know, what, what happens to me as a, a smaller fish if, if for some reason, if I said no and Brian Clark decided to, you know, come together with another theme shop? And what would that do to my company at that point? So, um, you know, part of my decision to to jump into the copy blogger family and form this, you know, very small part, but a lot of it was was, if anything, a defensive move. Mm. Um, and I've never never denied that. Um, I think it's it's good business to sometimes be aware of the decisions you make as an individual, and and that was one of them. In terms of moving forward, I you know the stability um, that the other four partners brought to the company. Um, You know, it was like, you know, felt like I was part of a family. It was not me on an island trying to, you know, make choices and decisions on my own because I, you know, quite honestly, had a lack of a business background. So, you know, a lot of times I was unsure of what I was doing and it would just be trial and error. And so, you know, to have the structure and um, Tony, one of our partners, is, is huge with process and structure and, you know, formulating things and, you know... As a person who's sometimes resistant to that you know I've over the years now have really embraced the idea of that and understand why that's a great thing and how it builds successful companies so um yeah, no fear um looking back three years almost just over three years to the date when we when we emerged uh would not have changed anything at all
1: tremendous uh, uh you know i I think that's a great way of looking at it um and you know you are. Someone who is not afraid to sort of wear their heart on their sleeve, especially with some of the blogging stuff that you've been, been doing lately. Uh, I know that you know I've been following your blog for quite some time. I, I remember when you were going to launch the the Digital Nomad, and we kind of chatted about uh, what that project was going to be like. Uh, so, what is up with that? What what is up with your sort of new blogging mantra, and and how does that kind of all work into the the day to day for Brian Gardner? <laughs>
0: So as I alluded to earlier you know the the ability to write um, for me is huge because um, I had been doing so much you know in the early days of when we formed the company you know still doing a lot of the design and development before we hired Lauren um, Rafal was kind of doing some things and, and I was doing a lot of stuff that as a partner I probably shouldn't have been doing um, and that was just opportunities for us as a company that to hire the people who we needed to hire Um you know, I, I love writing. I've always loved writing and being creative and, and it was part of my life that had been missing. You know, as it's, it's kind of the, the latter studio press days on my own and as we merged into Copyblogger, you know, things were so busy. We had so many things to do. I kind of felt like I was lacking. Um and, and so I started to publish content on my blog, but because I'm such a scatterbrain, you know, part of it was business, part of it was personal. And so I started sending mis- mixed um signals to my audience, you know, people who had signed up for WordPress would start hearing about, you know, <laughs> things that were going on in the personal life. And, um, and at the time, I guess I was kind of just polluted with the idea of numbers, which was just get as many numbers to your site, write things for search engines, write things to people will link to. And, and I kind of went through a phase where I was like, what am I doing this for? You know, like what benefit does writing about Genesis or how tos on my own site, how does that benefit the company? Um, I mean it, it kind of does because ultimately I get search traffic and then they go from my site to studio press but it kind of just felt like I was a middleman at that point um and a lot of people were were leaving comments about support and it really was just kind of a you know an experience that just wasn't optimal most importantly for the user um much less for me and so uh, a few months ago I said you know what? I'm just going to I'm going to draw a line in the sand and and focus and channel my my what I'll call business writing you know, for things like Studio Press and maybe once in a while Copyblogger, because that's where they rightfully belong. That's where the, the audience is, that's where more eyes will see stuff. Um, and and because I kind of want to, you know, kind of trim out, I wouldn't call it the fat, but, you know, hone in on the the personal interest on my blog, because that's where, in my opinion, you know, I, I want to have a, the audience who, who cares about things that I may write personally, just as an entrepreneur, as a father, um, a husband, somebody struggling in life, because trust me, we're, we're all struggling. So um, a few months ago, I drew a line in the sand. I started taking all of the business and WordPress and Genesis content um, from my site, and we've, we've repurposed it over on Studio Press and I've completely removed it from my site. Um, which has probably cut traffic at least in half, if not more, um, but I'm okay with that. I've been able to kind of, you know, embrace that, um, you know, those who unfollow those who no longer show up on my site, you know, because again, at this point, you know, the site is just a personal hobby for me. Um, and But what I've enjoyed, though, is the interaction. Mm. Uh, a lot of a lot of people on the, you know, in the online space and social media who follow me are entrepreneurs, are developers, designers, people kind of walk in the same You know, things. And so, my personal blog for me right now is all about trying to speak truth and be transparent about my experiences because I think we sugarcoat life way too much. Mm -hmm. Um, I've got, you know, a post on my blog about hating Instagram and the ability to kind of, you know, stage how people perceive us. And, you know, and and of course, I fall myself, you know, victim to that you know, more than I would like to admit, but, you know, but to, to be intentional about just saying, Hey man, sometimes life sucks and here's why. And, yeah. and it's amazing the amount of people who've resonated and it, it, I call it kind of crawling out of the woodwork because like the me too people, mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many people who, who agree and just, they're looking for someone, you know, maybe that they look up to, to admit that, Hey, life isn't, you know, always just, um, you know, flowers and whatever, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it, it is like a therapeutic session, much like going out for a run, a three-mile, five-mile run, whatever, um, to be able to just put your thoughts up there and simply not care, you know, I, I, we kind of joke all the time on Twitter, like, oh, here, we're going to get some more unsubscribes because of what I'm putting out today, but so what, because there's going to be somebody else coming in that sort of resonates with our content, um, which is tremendous and a and, uh, big fan of that of that model. Um let's uh what's and to sort of wrap up the more formal interview what's sort of the number one challenge for for a copy blogger and your team right now that that sort of you're facing going into 2014
0: i think personally and as a company i think focus is you know, as a, as a bigger company, focus is always more important. Focus and efficiency. Um, you know, we're pitched with so many ideas. There's 40 of us, you know, (laughs) that work at the company, all of which have their own ideas and there's, and we have such access to, to, you know, even, you know, to follow through with some of these ideas. Um, you know, but, you know, we can't all run off and do (laughs) a hundred different things. Like we really have to, and, and we're, Coming together and next month as a as a company to to sit down and talk about stuff and kind of to realign and recalibrate and just say hey these are the few things that we're working on that next year we need to just come together as a team and move towards them because um, if you're not focused you're not efficient and um, there's far too many ways to you know burn you know spin your wheels and, and burn time and 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 not produce and and you know, ultimately in the end, we're company running a business and need to make money and, you know, if we're all off kind of goofing around and <laughs> not doing what we're supposed to or not optimally performing, you know, then we're not as successful as we could be. So uh, I, I think kind of the focus and the efficiency for us right now, um, as we, you know, head towards a lot of not a ton of major changes, but just restructuring of the way we're doing some things and, and whatnot. So if we just need to stay, stay at the course.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, amazing um you know, i'm a team of five and focus is definitely the number one thing we're tackling now uh, i can only imagine uh what it's like to be uh, a uh, distributed company like yourself and 40 p- uh, plus employees uh yeah definitely getting that focus is 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 the challenge uh let's move into the last two segments uh, the first segment uh what's in your toolbox you said that you've been a little bit of a scatterbrain got all kinds of ideas going around so, what do you use for like an app uh, or a piece of software, or maybe even hardware, like a Moleskine notebook, something like that, that kind of keeps everything together? What is it you use day to day to to keep you going?
0: See, I don't, I don't use um, it. Whether it's a good idea or a bad idea, I don't actually use a notebook, a sketch pad, Evernote. I don't use anything to put my thoughts down. I. Usually, because I'm so accessible to the computer, pretty much any time of day. If if I ever come up with some idea, whether it's a design idea for a theme or, you know, whatever, I just open something up and start doing it, <laughs> rather than write down ideas. I think at one day I'll write there do a theme about X. I just grab the sample child theme, and you know, I'm notorious for having a a demo site up in five minutes with already something that looks like where I'm headed, <laughs> you know, so, um, and, and because that's a majority of what I do, um, you know, strategizing about, you know, potential design ideas and, and, you know, things like that, it, it it's usually, um, something that I can, you know, knock out right away. Thankfully, um, I don't have to cover a lot of parts of, uh, the company that are, are more, um, or less inclined to be as accessible to just following through um so i don't typically organize i mean I, once in a while i actually you know we'll write that, write a few things down and be like well i can't forget this because i just can't but um so from an organization standpoint i'm very unorganized
1: <laughs> <laughs> awesome awesome let's jump into the lightning round i'll ask you a series of quick questions and you'll have a series of quick answers what's the one plugin you cannot live without
0: Oh, that's a tough one because I don't use many plugins, if at all. Um, let me just open up my. I know it's a lightning round. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know if the, I could. I could probably live without all of them, but I don't have an answer to that question. <laughs> awesome! Well,
1: you are the first. Fifty-four episodes in. A um, favorite WordPress or business book.
0: All right, we're going to go 0 for 2 here. Um, <laughs>
1: what's a quote you live or run your business by?
0: A quote I... Hmm. Uh, maybe you should have sent these to me in advance. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's the challenge of the lightning round. Exactly.
0: You know, I, I don't even know about that one either. All right,
1: number four. What's the best... Uh, advice you ever receive business or career wise
0: stay the course uh and it's one that i teach too: break through the wall and stay the course
1: perfect uh back when you were doing uh either client work or even today with theme uh development and design what's the longest uh, a client project has taken or what's a theme you've been working on forever that simply still hasn't shipped yet
0: I would probably say, generally speaking, the agent press theme is a theme that's always kind of in an evolving status, and there's just so many different ways to move it that I'm always kind of undecided on how far to take it.
1: And that was one of the first, so we're talking five plus years at this point, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, we're on I don't know, our third or fourth rendition of it, uh, but it was always the one that I could never ship, because I was always like, well, what if I did this, or what if they want that, and it was always the one that I was always you know, afraid to ship without a feature. Mm.
1: Uh, if you had to switch to another content management system, what would it be?
0: Well, that's a tough one. It's kind of a tough question because there's, you know, do I ask, answer that from a business perspective, like a studio press business perspective, or just like a personal blogging perspective?
1: Let's go with your blogging uh, perspective.
0: I haven't done a ton of research on it, but I know uh, my good friend Jason Schuler's. Um, got his leaflets and droplets. Um, I don't want to call it CMS, but it's like a maybe small blog, micro blogging type um, platform using Markdown that doesn't have a database. I would probably look into that first.
1: Nice. Uh, who should I interview next?
0: Great question. Nathan Rice. Awesome.
1: And what's the one question I didn't ask you that I should have? I think I know it.
0: What's the one question you? would it have anything to do with revenue? Uh,
1: n- no, because I kind of talked about that with Brian, but I was <laughs> Brian Clark. Um, I was going to hint at something about Starbucks, like why don't you have a plaque on the wall or why don't they have a statue? Of oh, you? yeah. Or actually, you know what? Let's let's talk about revenue. How much do you spend at Starbucks per year?
0: I would say I buy on average and this will floor folks because of how much i talk about it. Um on average i i buy one one latte a day. So maybe 1.25 because there are days where i go and have two. Um 7 8 bucks 2 3000 dollars a year maybe. <laughs>
1: nice. Nice. I would probably spend the same but cuz Starbucks isn't as big as uh the in Bo- around the Boston area, it's a lot of Dunkin Donuts, so um but i do But enjoy here's what Starbucks i'll tell you coffee.
0: though. It, Starbucks is my vice, right? So if you ask somebody how much they spend on cigarettes or alcohol or gambling or anything else, um, I would say it's way in excess of two or two or three thousand dollars a year. So for me, you know, this it, it's actually it's like my hobby, right? You know, I go out and enjoy my five dollars Starbucks, which is overpriced for a cup of coffee, but underpriced when you think about it in terms of, of hobby. So yeah. Uh,
1: all seriousness aside, uh, uh, all seriousness considered, what do you ever look at Starbucks and say? And look at them as a business and say, you know, we should kind of do stuff that they're doing, like branding or packaging, stuff like that?
0: Well, yeah, you know, like kind of the the little – Starbucks always kind of has has said they, they don't serve coffee, they serve the experience, right? The ambiance of being at a shop and what do I personally enjoy? You know, I work once a day at Starbucks, you know. And I love the experience and the ambiance. And so, you know, in, in a sense, we sort of like to treat our customers and users the same way, whether it's hosting or scribe or premise or studio press or whatever, right? You know, we don't want it to just be a theme. We want it to be an entire experience of, of our community, of our support team, you know, of, of our de- design philosophy. So, you know, from that perspective, and, and maybe as hokey as it might sound, we want to serve our users um, an experience rather than product.
1: That's awesome. Well, Brian, it's been an awesome, awesome interview. I can't thank you for enough uh, enough about spe- uh, for spending the time with us uh, to chat about who you are, what you do. Uh, where can folks find you on the web to say thanks?
0: Uh, BrianGardner.com. Awesome.
1: Brian, uh, thanks for doing it, and I'll chat with you next time. Sounds good, man. So that was episode 54 uh, wrapped up. And uh, what an amazing show. I love talking to Brian. Been friends with him for a while. Uh, I've known him since, since he's sort of started. Always been uh, a fan and one of the very first WordPress entrepreneurs. Uh, hope you liked it. Let me know. Leave a comment. Send me an email. MattReportBlog at gmail.com. Whatever it is, reach out uh, and, and talk to me about this episode. Um, looking for guest bloggers, too. If you're you know running a WordPress business, you got some tactics to share. You want to you wanna write about your experience running a WordPress business. Uh, you priced a product at 20 and you weren't selling and then you priced it at 50 bucks and all of a sudden it started skyrocketing. I want to hear stories like that. Uh, and you are more than welcome to use the mattreport.com blog as your platform. So looking for guest bloggers, shoot me an email, shoot me a contact form. Uh, till next time, mattreport.com slash subscribe. Thanks everybody.